Hey, Brian. Hey, Annie. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. I'm so excited to to meet with our friend Andre today. Uh, yeah, one. yeah. This is a this is, a, is an exciting conversation. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, we we just recorded it. Okay, so we're recording an intro <laughs> after the fact. I, I love just, when you just tell on us like that. Maybe like maybe like... you don't understand how podcast <laughs> editing works. This is it. The cat is out of the bag. That's awesome. The curtain has been pulled back. Oh my god! Now you know. All right. This is our um, intro to the thing we just recorded. That's yeah. right. Right. But it really uh, it's it's a good time. It's with our our Instagram friend Andre, who yeah. lives Diaz, in uh, yes. Michigan. Yes. And uh, we've never met him in person. I've had one conversation with him through Zoom a while back. Awesome. And he's just a fantastic guy. Uh, yeah. He loves Jesus um, and and loves advocating for racial and equity inclusion. And, and it, as an act of faith in Jesus, he loves yeah. Jesus. And what he, he really, like, if we can, I really want to listen to this again, because what he really does for us is shares, like, really what is needed. So right. in terms of, like, how to listen and how to advocate and there's a lot of good, rich uh, instruction here. And just to check in, Brian, like, how are we doing with that? Like, as white people growing right. in yep. our awareness and in our advocacy and in, in our just, you know, openness to our own personal growth. Um, it just feels like a good place to check in on this particular podcast with Andre to just go, hmm, how am I doing with that? Yeah. What What would God have me do? What would God have me stop doing? You know, things like that. So, yeah. So, uh, so let's let's jump on in. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> because it's true listen that you know instagram's a weird thing right yes. like instagram <laughs> social media is a weird thing and for as much heartache and as much pain it's oh caused gosh, right? people across the planet it for sure has also been used for good and so I'll yeah. just say that, like, I think I don't, you know, I, I, I well, I called Brian like a, maybe a year ago now. I, yeah. I, I sent him a message, hey man, can, can we just have a conversation? Never That's talked awesome. to you before in my entire life. Just seen pictures of Spider Man <laughs> on your feet. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But like, and so I said, I said, Brian, I don't know how I started following you on social media. Maybe you followed some of the same people I followed, and I just boom, it just kind of happened. But it just, it was so uplifting for me um, to see people who are in the dominant culture, speaking up for, speaking out for, speaking on behalf of people who are in the, don't always have a voice. And so just, just, and so I just, it was so, for me, it was such a unbelievable, like just as, as things began to just happen over the last two years, just amazing to just see his feed and and I and so I just as a human I wanted to know more about Brian. I was cool. like, bro, I just want. So yeah. So anyway, That's so it's so this cool. is cool that, that like that like we're able to be in the same space together. No, uh, I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, just before you caught on, uh, we were like, how do we know each other? How did this happen? <laughs> this, we really only know each other through Instagram. Like yeah. that is that is it. That yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that this work is like bonding, like yeah. this work. It's like, whenever we talk to people that are no matter what color, white or people of color, like we, it's like, okay, we're both in this together. Like, it yeah. just feels like we're brothers and sisters yeah, working towards what God wants, which is racial equity. And for sure. For totally. sure. So and even in, cool. in Annie, yeah, I remember, we, you know, Brian said, cause I had said to Brian, a while back when you guys had that car rally after after the george floyd killing yeah. i was like hey because i because i'm you know co-lead of a small home church community and i thought and we were looking for things to do and so then i hooked up with Anne, like annie explain to me what, what you did and how and so you know and, and it ended up being a blessing for us we were able to raise twenty five thousand dollars in, in just a matter of days oh for my the, gosh for the for the community here and they were super grateful to see police escorting us throughout our city, through the yes. urban wow. parts of town. So and people rad. were coming on their porches and they were like, ah, you know what I mean? But that was, that happened because somebody thousands of miles, right? On the West coast, right? We're in the Midwest, <laughs> you guys are in the West coast because of, because of your witness, right? Because of your advocacy, it then, it then allowed us to be empowered as well. So wow. super, super That's grateful. awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Brian, can, uh, do you remember how much money we raised at our car rally? Um, let's see. 
I'm pretty sure it was something like zero. I, no, I, we I, told people to give to the Vancouver NAACP, but that's it. Yeah, we have no idea what they, yeah, if they if did anything. Did. Yeah. And we had, I think, like 30 cars, which we were like excited about. Oh like, my was, gosh, we were amazed. Yeah. But look no, at I, but look at how but look how God used that, right? Oh man, so that is cool. That so is amazing. We were, able, we were able to help the Urban League, the West Michigan Urban League here in town. They were helping people with, with rent, people with groceries, people with all with all you know, people were really yeah, having a hard now. time. And so and so God took wow. something that was amazing on one part of the country. <laughs> And then through through Brian and Andy inspired someone a little pumpkin head over in over in Michigan no. to want to, to want to do something. You're so amazing. So that so that turned out to be a huge blessing. That's so super cool. cool. I can't That's, believe it. That's and, awesome. And what really that was all instigated by our students, like high school students. Actually, Brian's son Skyler was the one that was like, "Hey, what can we do?" And that car rally was pretty much designed by those young people. Yeah. So how heartwarming. Yeah. So let 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 them know that their, that their influence wow. had ripple effects that that maybe only in the kingdom will know, right? Oh, that's really that's cool. So wow, that's great talk. I love that. That's, <laughs> man. Uh, so well, uh, so yeah, like you know, try to catch up listeners a little bit. Um, but we really we know Andre really only through Instagram. Yeah. Um, maybe it was before George Floyd's murder. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but definitely after, um, somehow just that reciprocity and, you know, the youth car rally, when we were both on staff with compass, um, there was some inspiration there. And then, and then, yeah, Andre, you and I, uh, we had a little zoom conversation for about an hour. Um, and, and I've been listening to your podcast too, which is super cool. Like it's, it's, uh, if, if you want a good podcast, uh, listen into it, it's really cool. It's that whole idea of, oh, this is what it's like to be white and, and just, just paying attention to it. And, Mm -hmm. and if you're, it's, I always try to think about like when Jesus says, if you have the eyes to see, you'll see if the ears to hear, you'll hear. Wow. Uh, If you want to, if you want God to show you that racism is prevalent in daily life in America, uh, ask him to show you you'll see it and and this is a podcast that helps with that oh this is what it's like to be white what's and what's what's the name of the podcast andre what it's like to be white it's called what it's like to be white okay we're <laughs> yeah. gonna put that in our notes sure. but i just think sorry to jump in i just think that's fascinating to hear a person of color talk about what what it must be like to be white yeah. as we're white as we're white people trying to make room for seeing our own like what it's like to be white like yeah. listening to your perspective could for our listeners and for myself and Brian, that could be super eye-opening of like, oh my gosh. I sometimes I make the joke like I'm so white. I'm so <laughs> white. Like meaning like like the filter is like this privilege or this like, you know, I I'm gonna go off go off here for a second. No. We watched an SNL skit. Did you see it recently? About Amazon Go. And it it is, it is, um, all the people color on cast are like in the store and all the white people are in the store. And it's like, you just walk in, you scan, you scan something, you walk in, you grab something and you leave. And all the people of color, like everybody's dressed the same, like business. (laughs) Andre's shaking his head, everybody. Like that's Um, not happening. (laughs) Every person of color is like, um, I'm taking this right now. I'm everybody and they're holding their arms up in the air and they're like and one excuse me oh I'm sorry um one guy I can't remember what's his name anyway it's uh he says like he tries to like leave money on the exit and and he's like I'm putting this five and they're like you already paid and he's like I don't care consider it a tip (laughs) but we were like this is like this is the for white yeah. people, do they even get that? No, they don't. They well, <laughs> they don't even think about it. Like, yeah, I, I you know, it's really funny. I just had this conversation with a close friend of mine. They have a white guy, doctor, been friends with him for thirty plus years. We raised our kids together. We, you know, we have the same kind of value, family values. As far as I think, the only the only home that my kids will step over has been his house with his kids, and 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 vice versa, right? But like this whole thing is he's really been wrestling with with this whole since the George Floyd thing. And we had lots of deep conversations, but in the last six months, it's been a completely different conversation. It's coming from a different 
wow. point of view because I think he's just having such, he's having a hard time as he peels the onion back believing that this is really people's lived experience and that like for him I think it's that if he believes what is true to be true then all hope in humanity is lost for him oh. personally right and so oh. it's super difficult oh. so I've, I've like really pulled back because it's caused mm. him to dig in deeper in more of a and so you know mm. not every person I'm gonna be able to reach it's gonna take someone like Brian to yes. reach him Absolutely. I will, I, well, I'm not gonna be able to reach him, right? And so, but the reason I the reason I bring him up is that we, we that we had a conversation. He said, "You've told me just that you know, basically that, that racism a lot of it's just perception." And he said oh, to me, "Andre," man. he yeah. said, "You know this well, this has occurred with my with my in laws. They they went to this park and they were sitting at a, at a in this empty um, like a campsite to have a, a a picnic dinner. And the person who had reserved the site came up and she was upset and she was kind of giving him dirty looks and." They thought, no, they're going to finish eating their their finishing their dinner and then leave. And he said, had that had had that had my parents been black, do you think they that they would have said that she was just rude or that she was racist? But I said, yeah. hey, but you know, had had his had your parents been people of color, they would never yeah. have, have had the audacity yeah. to go somewhere that they knew that they didn't rightfully belong. Wow. And, and that's the difference, right? Yep, that's right. And, and and so if people just understood that that like there's a whole like you know and so we'll 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 get we'll dig in more as we as we go on the conversation but oh my gosh this is already gold there's just a big difference but i I do think that 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 is like the the pivotal part of the conversation and the issue is is believing racism is just a perspective or it's just a perception and not a lived experience and and even when you said like like if it is real then there's no hope in humanity Mm. and what I find baffling about that is the the Bible never seems to suggest there is hope in in humanity. Exactly. The mm. hope is in Jesus. Absolutely. And and the church already struggles with this idea of, of trying to uh, convince or communicate that sin is absolutely real. And so it seems as though white Christians will accept um some surface level of sin is an issue and i need a savior but then you get into the details of well there's there's very specific sins that are very real and lived experiences for people and then that's where it hits that that uh that but i should be able to have hope in humanity kind of my mindset when reality our hope is always ever meant to be in jesus anyway but as an act of faith in jesus I'm accountable for all the ways that I live today. And I, I always just think about like when the apostle Paul is talking about like boast in our weaknesses and he's Mm -hmm. having a real struggle. Right. And he Mm -hmm. says, I will boast about my weaknesses so that Christ is glorified all the more. Jesus is what makes it safe to explore and examine all aspects of sin in my life and in the world. Amen. And in fact, it's when I do that to the honest, humble degree that the Bible calls for, that's when people see Jesus and, mm. and, and how much like validation and help and encouragement comes from just an acknowledgement that, that the sin of racism is real. It's, it's a lived experience yeah. Yeah. that you would have to explain to your friend. Uh, if the parents were black, they wouldn't go there. <laughs> like, like that's, that thought does not enter. Uh, most yeah. white people's mind. Yeah. Andre, so the bottom of your screen says Connection Home Church. Are you, are you, um, uh, tell me a little bit about your church experience because I kind of gathered a little bit. You've got a home church situation going on. Or are you part of a yeah. church? Are you a pastor? No. Yeah, no. I was just going to say, as Brian yeah. was preaching, I was like, are there three preachers in the room right <laughs> no, now? No kidding, right? I, I, I could have dialed that down. I love, no, Brian, did no. some editing, but no, no but, uh, please. I thought I've caught that you, you have a full-time job um, mm-hmm. and in, you know, in your spare time, you're doing some ministry, you're doing some podcasts yeah. and just love to hear maybe a little bit more about that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, we, about, you know, we've, we've always been part of, of a lot. We were part of a large church family, a church that had about 500 members, I think on the rolls. Super always, always had been involved in, in ministries from, 
from even before we were married and then we got married and started having children. And then like lots of parents, you then become involved in the cradle roll class, you're teaching, you're helping, then you're following your kids through primaries, through mm. the teen, the, through the youth. And um, so also I've always been involved in ministry and in the church kind of as our kids kind of, what uh, what's the word, mud? matriculated through the system right yeah, and yeah. so the last uh, part of that was we were we were I, I was really heavily involved in what we call pathfinders which is kind of like awanas i don't know if you could like boy scouts yeah. girl scouts like a yeah. co ministry so super involved in that and then those and then that kind of ends at high school and so so that and 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 youth and then i just kind of was one, one, one day i looked around the church and i was just like oh well you know these these kids who i've seen grow up they go away to college or some of them stay here to go to college and but they just stopped attending they like like once yeah. once they hit college like they yeah. graduate and then they don't just graduate yeah. from high school they graduate from church life you know mm -hmm. so just start re reaching out to some of them because i because these kids i because i love them right and these are kids that i, that I administered to for years and so just trying to figure out like like what's going on so just kind of met with with started having lunches with with, with different different ones of them and asking them like you know like hey what's up you know so they just started sharing about their their lived experience and, and, and like what church meant to them and, and the things that were missing in church life for them nice. and it was really one of the biggest things was like a sense of community um and they just wanted somewhere where they could go where they weren't going to be judged or where they weren't going to be you know they didn't have to worry about dressing a certain way or about and they wanted to, to actually have an interactive kind of a worship service where they could right. ask like they could yeah. hear a message cool. and say hey hey could you could you clarify this for me right yeah and so so the church as as it was 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 not providing that that uh, service for them or, or wasn't providing that space and so i had some other folks uh at church that they were you know their well their kids were growing up and they were in they were in that same space as well and we just said hey let's just start a home church ministry like what does this look like and so we started meeting at meeting at home and um you know, it's, it's, it, we've been doing it, I think for six years now. Um, and we've had wow. as many as, as 75 people in our home. That's awesome. And for, where's, for sure. Andre, where's home? Sorry, you said Midwest. So, but... so we, so we live in, in Michigan, a suburb of the greater Grand Rapids area. Okay. Um, and, and so um, my, well, my wife travels probably for seven, well, before pre-COVID was traveling 75 to 80% of the time she was wow. just gone. So she'd be in like, in South Africa on like Thursday and then home trying to, to get ready for <laughs> so we so then we just said to some other folks uh who were who some of our core team hey can, can we just maybe how about we make a little list and, and, and we and we uh kind of go we'll go from home okay. to home yeah, to yeah right so we're just not all cool. and so we've been doing that for probably four years now five years COVID kind of um mm -hmm. had us go virtual during the winter um and then as soon as spring broke, we started doing bonfires, you know, and, oh, and cool. stuff, doing Sweet. stuff out, outside so we can meet outside. But it, it for sure has been a blessing. There's been there's been folks who have just been struggling, who haven't found been able to find a place where they could be there, you know, could be authentic, could be themselves. And so they've they've been able to join our our, our community. And like, like I said, some some weeks there'll be 30 of us, 20 of us, some weeks there'll be 50 or 60, just depends, wow, right? Yeah. But wow. but for sure, it has been a blessing because it has allowed people to be their full selves. It's allowed people to um, share, to question, to ask questions without worrying about any, any type of, you know, a cri criticism. It's allowed people to come as they are, not, not worry about do I smell like cigarette smoke or something right. upset because I, yeah. you know, yeah. or wake up with a hangover, somebody upset because yeah. I, you know, they're not, they're, well, they're not worried about that. And we're just trying to, to, cool. you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus and, and let them see that, that like Christ is, is a real living person who would care about them yeah. more than he cares about systemic or, you know, or, yeah. or, or organized church. Right. That's so um, cool. So, yeah. That's really That's sweet. Kind of I love it. And yes, and yes, I have, well, I do have a full-time job outside of that. So that, so we, so we just, you know, it's a group of us who are, who are doing that. And, and that's been a blessing. Um, I work for a large, uh, large energy provider, um, yeah, a natural energy. gas provider. Nice. Yeah. So uh, in Michigan, been there 29 years, looking forward to wow. retirement next year. If, if nice. The Lord oh my, my life. gosh. Yay. Nice. The Lord wow. spares my life. So that'll be If the Lord years spares and... my life, I'll retire <laughs> next year. <laughs> right. Please, Lord. So, <laughs> please. So 30 years and out there. And so the That's cool awesome. thing about, about that is that for the first 25 years of my career, uh, what so what I do is I'm a public improvement coordinator. So I work with all the local government agencies. Oh, cool. And whenever there's any type of a new 
well, infrastructure or public improvement, they're gonna build a new road or reconstruct a road, build a bridge, they'll send me a set of plans and I'll kind of look at the plans and, and see if it, if it affects our infrastructure, if it does, and nice. I'll work with the, with the engineers to kind of um, change the design or, or if not, then we have to, re to relocate and so I'll hire a contractor to move our facilities. Wow. And, and so that's so that, that that's brought me great amount of pleasure because it's helped me build tons of relationships. So. Yeah. I'll, you know, mayors or, or city managers will call me for any oh, reason. Fun. They, you know, yeah. they, they can call me and say, hey, Andre, my furnace does, well, doesn't work. Can you send someone else to fix my furnace? That's cool. Yeah. Or we've got this $30 million project. Let's, well, let's work on this, right? And so, I, so I've taken great, great pride in, in the relationships I've been able to build and, and the work and the, and the cost avoidance that, that, that I've been able to provide for the company through these relationships. That's but awesome. the, then in the last five years, I, well, I'm still doing that, but also focusing on a racial equity, diversity, and inclusion work, right? And oh, so, cool. Hmm. In your, within to, your company. Yeah. You know, nice. so probably four years ago, we started, I started looking around work with a couple of, of, of my friends at work that look like me and realizing that the hiring wasn't necessarily where it needed to be, right? And so we looked, so I just started, I'm a, I'm a big data guy, right? That's so good. Some data. Like, I'll give you some data. <laughs> and so we just shared the leadership, like, look, like 92% of the people that you've hired in the last seven years don't look like us. And yeah. when like wow. the eight of us or 10 of us leave, there won't be, there'll be no representation of people of color from our community. And right. so started working with them around changing some of the hiring processes. So um, cool. And then through that, realizing that we needed culture change, because if you're going to bring in more people that don't look like the white people, yeah. there needs to be a culture change, right? So started working on, on, on doing some, some diversity and equity um, trainings and things like that, conversations to help people understand the differences so they'd be open to the new hires that we were promised to that the company was going to be be bringing in so i've really been focusing on that and then the whole george floyd thing happens right so really wow. then allowing opportunities the company making statements right lots of corporations yeah, of who course. have been silent for 100 years 200 years <laughs> right making huge statements and, and promises and changes right yeah. and so just Andre, me taking advantage of that and every like, all right, you said we're going to do this, so let's do it, right? Yep. And, so, and sometimes I'm, I'm sure that, that leadership has thought we probably shouldn't have said that or darn it, he heard what we said, right? <laughs> but holding leadership accountable. Um, Amen, so really good job. Working, really working to, to, to make all spaces where, you know, that I'm, that I'm, that I have influence over mm -hmm fair and equitable for all people and That's and so i'll cool. tell you that of all the work and this is what i've told even my colleagues like and leadership of all the work that, that i've done over the past 30 years this last three and a half four years it's probably been the most important work for me that i've done wow. at, at, at dte awesome. probably and and i feel like it's sacred work right like yeah, it's, it it's, is um so anyway yeah so that's a little bit about the work that i do i just so wanna, i just yeah, go ahead annie I just want to say something because you helped a culture shift in the church and you helped a culture shift at your place of employment. That's right. And I just think that is so beautiful, like yep. that you noticed a need for change and that you, whether intuitively or strategically, like took action in both in both places. And I just want to affirm that as like so amazing and beautiful and gives me like chills. I love it yeah. so much. That's really cool. Really cool. Um. I, I'd love to, if, if you could, maybe just share what, what are you learning about the work, the diversity, equity, inclusion work that you're trying, as you're trying to do culture shift and trying to call attention to things and, and hold leadership accountable to what they've said, which is fantastic, yeah. right? What are you learning about the work? And then uh, are, there, are there tips you would give to others Mm. who are noticing the same need for that kind of work in their organizational spaces. Yeah. You know, though, that's, that's a really good, really good question. I think uh, this is what I'd say is that I think it's, I've uh, through lots of effort, lots of heartache, lots of emotion, right. I will, I've learned a couple things that it's, it's a two pronged effort. It's policy change. It's culture mm. change, but policy change also. Sure. So, so when, so when I say that, listen, we, we can change, you know, we can do, we, we can share stories, we can bring in facilitators, we can bring in trainers, and, and we can, and we can talk about this stuff a lot, right? But unless there's policy change in, in unison with that, with that culture change, mm -hmm. it isn't long lasting and it doesn't have real effect. Wow, so yeah. I can say that like, I, I really, really want us to hire more people of color, right? That, that maybe our hiring is, 
isn't isn't where, where it needs to be. But unless there's policy change around the around the testing, around what what the interview panel looks like, what wow, the yeah. what the racial makeup of the interview pool is, unless there's policy changes in place that says you have to do these things that will help the culture to help form the culture that we're trying to change. Mm -hmm. Unless you put those policies into effect, you can work on culture a long time and see very, very minimal results. Yeah. Right. So when I think, and this is what I, this, here's how I've tried to share that with, with leadership is that Martin, Martin, Martin Luther King dot or Dr. King and, and, and all those, you know, Reverend Lawson, those folks could, could have helped put, put up a big giant tent and had a tent meeting and preached an amazing message about racial equity. And we could have listened to Dr. King's speeches for a hundred years, mm -hmm. but if we didn't have legislation that said, mm -hmm. That said, look, we're having fair housing, we're having fair banking, we are having civil rights, we're stopping segregation, we're going to integrate right. our schools. If we didn't have legislation that forced a change in human behavior, yeah, we wouldn't have it, and we would not have the advancement that we've had. And so, even at even at my place of employment, there there are people who obviously don't believe in in the work that I'm doing, right? Yeah. Um, but with policy change, then it helps bring those people along, right? right. Um, so I think the biggest thing that, that I have for sure, um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is policy change it has mm -hmm. to come with the culture change. Because if you're just mm -hmm. working on culture change, what happens is you're having sessions, you're meeting with people, the group is, is maybe you have a, a, a constant group of 50 people out or you no know, 50 out of 100 or 50 out of 1000, right? But if, if those folks leave, like even for us, if like leadership who believes in this work, if you have a transition in leadership, and new leadership comes in and they're, they're not at, at the same place of the previous leader. Mm -hmm. You're starting all over again, right? You're starting, so two years of work, like 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 for me, we, we just had a shift in with our, with the president of our company, the vice president of the company and our, and our director, all changed, Roop, gone. Wow. So wow. two yeah. years of working with, with those folks, those leaders are gone, the new leaders come in. Now you're starting from scratch, but if there's right. policy put in place, then those leaders are simply saying, listen, adhere to the policy. If this yeah. is a policy, right? And so I think for folks who are working in corporate America, well, because I, I think for nonprofits, for, for churches, for, for a lot of non nonprofits, people already have a heart for, you sure. have a heart for, for, for humanity. But in corporate America, we need, we need policy change to keep us and hold us accountable, right? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's, that's really, I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but because I notes. think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people that would say you know legislation's not enough and and I think that it sounds like you would say that too like the culture has to change but both of these mm. things have to be in tandem with each other right because uh, personnel can change and right. so when personnel changes that naturally changes the culture so what's going to help uh, keep these uh, values that we want in place and that's that is where Honestly. policy comes into place that's cool. Sure. Yeah. That's I'm literally taking notes because yeah. that's that's no in the church it's the same like yeah, it, it totally based is. on a leader that's creating a culture that is more inclusive and then when that leader moves on or if something happens to that leader the policies are right back where sorry all the all the white guys are in charge like you know what I mean yeah, so yeah, right I mean yeah. we love white guys I don't want to say we don't we do but um, for sure. <laughs> no we do it's true listen we, we absolutely do we do because we love them with, and we without need them. them that's right because they they hold the seats at the tables where, yeah. where decisions are being made that andre exactly. doesn't have access to where that might right to. exactly it's true Annie. it's true gender gender it's right gender equality well right. I, I didn't want to i didn't mean to slip on that oh, no 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 but, but it's true. no listen we have to be having inclusive language so yeah, for yeah. sure that, that that like you know the role that that the role that I've been in for the past 25 years at, at, at the organization that, that I work at, I'm I'm in that role because a white man came to me and said, I think you have a skill set. Like there's something wow. about you that would, would would you like to try this? Even I, I know you don't have a degree in in in, in engineering, but I want I, but I think you have a skill set, right? That's cool. And so he he listened, he saw something in me, and yeah, it's it's turned out to be a blessing for me and my family. My my wife. 
you know, she was she was a school teacher. She had a white super superintendent at that district pull her aside and said, I see something in you. That's we'd cool. like to pay, we'd like to pay for your for for your master's. And so wow. because he wanted her to be a principal, and she would ended up being the assistant suit. She matriculated all the way up to be assistant super, the superintendent for the district because so white, because cool. a white man saw something in her. So for yeah. sure, we need yeah. the advocacy, we need the allyship, we need co-conspirators. Totally. Right? What I, I actually think is also amazing is that then. So this white guy sees something in you, um, you're able to get into the position and then you, you've remained in that position. Like, yeah. like there, I, I, I can imagine somehow white supremacy in some way trying to remove you from, from that role and that you've been in that role and have obviously done a good job, but it's more than just doing a good job, right? Like it's- Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's really, it's really awesome. It is really awesome. And I actually, uh, I, I love being able to hear, and I love that our listeners would be able to hear, um, how, how intelligent and articulate you are and how adept you are about all of this, because what I think often happens is, and I think we saw this with the recent, uh, Supreme court decision, um, the, the language that gets used is, well, we're just looking for qualified people. Uh, we're just looking for, you know, people who are ready and trained for this. And yeah. that's, that's all we're doing. It's not our fault that it all ends up being white people. That doesn't mean it's a bias. We're just looking for qualified people, not hearing how all you're doing is confirming how racist you are. Like, <laughs> like it's yeah. just, you know, entrenched in there. Yeah. yeah. And when Andre was sharing all those technical things about his job, Brian looked totally, yeah, I was just going to tell our listeners, like, Brian was so whooshed, like, he was, oh, like, absolutely. whoosh, I don't know. Like, I don't and know his eyes saying. were, like, bugging out, like, yeah. oh, that's all a bunch absolutely. of smart guy stuff. Yeah, this guy's a genius. <laughs> it just was, like, you obviously, no. like, whooshed us, no. um, but it's so, like, you're talking about having access, right? Yeah. Right, right, and, 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 you know, it's funny, I'll, let me just circle back, because, Brian, I think that you know, as that people of color carry so much trauma. Yeah. And we don't even know the trauma that we're carrying sometimes yeah. until until we can no longer sustain it, right? But yeah. we also have lots of code switching and lots of me mechanisms. Like I, I'll tell you, Brian, the truth of the matter is that like there is no one that, that I know, and I realize this of myself. I'm, I'm I'll be I'll be 57 years old this year. I'm an old man, but like I know that I use self-deprecating humor all the time oh, to yeah. put white people at ease. Wow. Right. Um, so that I don't so that I don't appear so that and 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 not, you know, not to the point where it's terrible, but for sure I'll 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 share just like little funny little things or just try to be silly so that they feel comfortable around me. So like in my role, I, I, I'll tell you that, that one, I, okay, I won't say hundred percent. I'll say 99.9% .9 of the people that I meet with, that I speak with, that I share with, that, that I work with are white, mm -hmm. right? Because of, because of the industry, right? You're working with municipal agencies, you're working with engineers, you're working with contractors and in the Midwest, that means it's a, it's a white male dominated culture. And so for the past 25 years, every meeting that I go to, every space that I'm in, I am always the only, right? And so to put people at ease, then there's a lot of, it doesn't matter whether I know what I'm talking about or not, I will have to make myself out to be dumber than I am. So that they, oh, so they, so they, they, so they feel comfortable, right? No, it's okay. It's okay because I know who I, well, I know who, who I am, right? And I so, know, right? Um, uh, yeah. Jeez. You know, wow. I, I can tell you, I, can just tell you, you. I, I remember walking into a township hall and the, and the township supervisor was sitting at sitting at his desk and I was there for, for a pre-construction meeting and he looked up and said, something I can help you with, boy. Wow. No. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm, well, I, well, I'm here for, for, I don't remember what the meeting, I'm here for blank, blank meeting. And he said, you're here for what? And I said, I'm, well, I'm with Mishcon at the time that the company was named Mishcon. And I'm, you know, and he's like, oh, well, well, we're meeting in this conference room. But he, he was like taken aback, like, I, like what? Yeah. And so it's just, you know, because it, because it's that, it, for him, it was, it was not within his frame of reference for a person of color to be coming into a space mm -hmm. with any authority or, 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 to, or to be a part of that conversation, right? <laughs> so so anyway. what's it like then when you share that experience 
and a white person says, well, maybe he was asking that question for a different oh, reason. You gosh. don't know. Oh boy. Like, like, yeah. I just think. They try it, to it, explain it away. Right. What about or, ism? It's, it's right. what about yeah. ism? Yeah. Or even okay. when you just said, you know, I'll, I've, I've learned that if I do use self-deprecating humor, it helps me navigate this space. I can already hear the the audience of white people saying, I, I would never ask you to do that for me. You don't need to do that for me. Like, like it's like there's there is such an unawareness mm. of of what it takes and what we're what we're like. And how how are you, if this feels safe enough to share it, yeah. like how are you navigating that and how are you um relating with that you said what aboutism like that mm -hmm. that whole that yeah. whole response has got to be difficult like mm -hmm. especially as you said uh people of color are always carrying trauma mm -hmm. yeah 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 whether they know it or not i love that yeah. like i mean yeah. like whatever trauma they're holding that they're not even aware of but yeah. so much trauma yeah i think you know let me let, let me say this that i that i try to always assume positive intent of course. Right? I try to give people That's the benefit of benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And and I don't think, let me be clear for the for your listeners, I don't think that every white person is a racist. Of right? course. Of course. I and and I think that that most people want the best. Let me let me say this. Most people want the best for their for their family. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think what I what I try to convey to my white brothers and sisters is that Andre also wants the best for his family that I, yeah. when I leave home in the morning, yeah. I'm, I'm living a, a, a place where people love me and I'm going towards maybe my mom's house or my sibling's house. I'm going somewhere where, 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 where people love me as well. And so I just, I just wanted to be able to travel without, without all the extra baggage mm -hmm. that they don't even realize that like, like they're like, they're hopping on a flight with just a, a carry on. And I've got 16 bags I have to check and I have to wait at, I have to wait at the baggage carousel when I, when I get there to get my luggage as well. And, and they got to just walk on the plane and just walk off the plane to their, 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 their Uber. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think, so first of all, I, well, I want to give people the benefit of, 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 benefit of the doubt, but also mm -hmm. people that are, that are saying, look, um, you know, you're under your, your way off base. You're walking around with this preconceived idea that like people, think so-and-so of you I will, i'll say to them my lived experience of 57 years tells me different right yep. like mm -hmm. like it can't it, it it's not it isn't that everyone's just having a bad day right <laughs> every, every encounter that i have with someone like it isn't like 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 i'll say to them look in 2010 i listed a house for sale we had done a lot of work toward the home. We loved the home. It was a beautiful home, but we were ready to, my wife wanted to build a new house. So, mm -hmm. you know, how, how, how dare us, right? Want to do that. But <laughs> so we put, we, so we put our house on, put our house on the market mm -hmm. and had tons of people come, come through the house. Right. And so when they would come through the realtor, you know, and, and we'd come home from work and say, we'd call the realtor and say, you know, they love the house, but they didn't like the color of the, of the primary bedroom closet. Or they'd say something like, they didn't, you know, they love the house, but they're not sure there's two oak trees in the front yard. So they're not going to put an offer. They love the house, but they love the house, but so for three months, we went through like people just wrote just tons of people come coming through loving the house, but, and so we just thought, okay, look, maybe the Lord doesn't want us to sell this house. And so we, so we took the house off, took the house off the market. And then a friend of mine shared an article with me about people of color trying to sell homes. And it said, if you're trying to sell a home, sell a home in a predominantly white neighborhood, you have to remove every aspect of who you are from the home. So when a white person comes in the home, they don't know who owns the home. So we were like, art. So we went through the house, took down every single picture of our of our family, and replaced them with like a picture of a horse in a meadow, a duck in a pond, you know, all those beautiful home, those old home interior pictures. We relisted our house. And we listed it on a Friday and we drove, and Ralph and I drove to Chicago. Well, and we had a terrible snowstorm in Michigan, terrible, it was probably like a foot of mm -hmm. snow. And I said to my wife, it took us like four hours, five hours to drive home, which like normally been a two hour drive. I said, I bet no one, no one came to see, to see the house because it was just so, so terrible. Right. So we got home and we had like three offers for like 30 and $40,000 more than what we were asking. So you tried for three months mm -hmm. with your pictures of your family right your family of color your gorgeous family <laughs> beautiful yep beautiful family and no offers and then Zero. in a freaking i want to swear <laughs> in a snowstorm you got it you got it 
Tell it. Come on. <laughs> with no Come on, Andy. of your gorgeous family. Right. You sold your house in a snowstorm for over the asking price. Right. Bidding war. Bidding war. Lord, have mercy. And I, oh, so thank you for sharing that with us. So this like is that? what white people need to hear. This is what right. white people need to hear. And please, please, if you're listening with us, like Brian and I too, like, and believe. White people yeah. need to hear it and believe it as this person's experience. And and we, Brian and I can say yes and nod like crazy mm. while you share because we keep hearing this yeah. from people yeah. of color. Yeah. We keep talking yeah. to people of color and we keep yeah. hearing it. And we're so grateful to hear that story. Yeah. Thank you. You know, like look, and so so I so so what I do is is I is I depending on on who on who the person is, like I, I won't. Like sure. I, if I meet someone for the first time, I'm, I'm not sharing that story, sure. right? Of course, of but course. As, but, as, but as I grow, but as, but as we, but as the, the relationship grows, if if I get a tinge of the person is still on the fence as to whether or not my lived experience is real, then I'll just say, mm. you know, the darndest thing happened. You know, what, what, what's that? <laughs> you know, I say, look, especially pre-COVID, this was a lot easier. But and 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 throughout COVID, we've been we've begun to travel some more. My my wife travels extensively. She's a diamond member at, at on on Delta, so I get the oh, you yeah, know, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like like it's nice. like. It's like like it's like mama. being connected with <laughs> being connected with with Christ allows us the benefits, right? So there's nothing that, that, that I can Jesus. do. <laughs> kind of is. So, Sorry, you were saying something else. No, I was hilarious. To get no, 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 no. It's true. And so because of my my relationship with her, I, I get lots of perks, yeah, right? And totally. so we so 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 we'll we'll so we'll be sitting on a plane. And the gate agent wouldn't will have not done their job properly, or maybe they're just super super busy. It's time to upgrade the medallion members, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they'll get there. They'll be, they'll walk on the plane. We'll, and and I'll because I'll look and I'll be like, I'll say to my wife, we're at the gate. I'm like, I can't believe we didn't get upgraded to first class. Like, there's five seats available. This is ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And so she's like, oh, you know. So anyway, so we get on the plane. We're sitting in our little you know steerage seats and steerage, you know. <laughs> and out, out, and on comes the gate agent, and she has her little sheet of paper. And she'll come to the road. Now there's three of us. There's like either it'll be a white male or a white female, my wife sure. and, 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 and myself. Mm -hmm. And she sees on here that she's going to upgrade a couple, right? right? And so she'll she'll go immediately to the white person wow. and say, Aurelis Diaz? And then my wife will say, and then the pastor will be like, no. And my wife will say, that's that's me. Oh, okay. Um, you, you and I have been upgraded to first class. And so we, so we kind of chuckle because yeah. it happened to us. It happens to her all the time. Yeah. But it also happens when, 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 when I'm with her. Her name's so Aurelis Diaz. Aurelis Diaz. <laughs> and they ask <laughs> the white girl. The white, or the white guy, you know? So she'll be sitting in a row with two white men and the same thing will happen. She'll, they'll, 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 because they'll come up and they'll be so confused. Like yeah. their schema, their, their train of thought will not yeah. allow them to believe that a person of color is has, mm -hmm. right. Like how, like there, there is no way that this person has no no we're not right and so it's funny but it, it's also truly sad right that yeah. that, that, that like their brain is automatically yeah. wired yes. to believe that like right now it needs to be it'd be brian for sure yeah if not brian well then annie yeah. it's never going to be andre yeah right yep yep and so and so you so even when traveling on vacation you would you have to you have to deal with it right it's like it's so never, totally yeah yeah i i just want to say like what 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 Brian and I are here for too, is when we do those things, we love to be called out. Mm. Like, because that is exactly the types of nuanced things that I've been noticing about myself. Like, what are my assumptions when I walk into a room? What are my, what are my, who do I think belongs where? And, mm. and I would like to offer to white people who are on this journey with me, like, you might not know, like what Andre just said, you might be like, oh, sh I, I've done that. And it's like, how do we get better at going yeah. and noticing that that racist tendency that we've either learned or grown accustomed to in this in this culture, in the system? So how do we go, oh, I have to throw out all those assumptions I have yeah. about about anybody. And that's just a good practice of being mm -hmm. a follower of Jesus in general. But but how do I throw out all my assumptions and go, oh gosh, any any person of any color could be the diamond class member. Right. The end. Right. Right. Brian, you're still muted. I just wanted to tell you. Okay. Yeah. I, I can tell I you was, to talk. I'm in my garage and my furnace kicked on. So I was trying to like, <laughs> you know, minimize background yeah, yeah. noise is how this yeah. going. But I just think, man, I, I, I love hearing your stories and I'm I'm so grateful you're willing to share them because yeah. they're they're just helpful. They're super helpful. I I 
I do think it, it's still what can be difficult is if if I don't want to see it, if I don't want to hear it, yeah. I won't. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I think even then, like you, you hear enough of Andre's lived experiences and there's still gonna be the, that, that crowd of us white men that will say, well, yeah, but you know what? I mean, I've, I've been in a, a situation or I've had an experience where I was the only white guy and you know what? People were racist towards me. Yeah. Mm. And, and okay. One time, Sorry. two times, three times. Yeah. Were you able to leave that situation? Was I able to leave that situation? Yeah. Um, can we allow that there might be a difference between yeah. racial prejudice and systemic racism, cultural yeah. racism? Yeah. And that, it, of, of course, any of us can have any kind of any kind of prejudice and experience that anywhere. Um, but that that is still and wrong, um, but different than than the lived experiences like Andre is sharing yeah, or that totally. any of the people on our podcast ha have been willing to like share with us. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's you. The only way you leave that situation is if you're in your home. With mm -hmm. your family, mm -hmm. yeah, and even then, you might say, "I don't know." Sometimes it's not the case. Like it's, totally, uh, like how you're you're growing. You've grown up. You just said you're, you're turning fifty-seven. You've got fifty-seven years of lived experience of navigating those kind of spaces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like the muscle is is trained and conditioned sure. to look for it and watch for it. Yeah, and and I think the difference for me as a person of color versus a white person is that for lots of for lots of white people this conversation is super uncomfortable it's right. super uncomfortable right yeah. and you know I, I i tell my i tell my friends at work when we're doing this work that we have to practice being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and, and we have to we have to begin to to unlearn what we've learned right but for you know russman Russ, russman minikin in his book grant my grandmother's hands mm. says that for white people comfort and safety are, are fused those two things are fused in their brain so when they be, when they have a, this kind of, when we're having this conversation they become very uncomfortable and their brain says we're unsafe like i have to leave this conversation i have to leave the space like this mm. is for, like this is bad and people mm. of color are used to being uncomfortable all the time without worried being worried about their safety like we know what it is like to be uncomfortable and we know what it's like to be unsafe those things are separate, separate. for us Right. And so we're used to having uncomfortable conversations because we have them all the time. Right. And so I think it's 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 helping my white brothers and sisters retrain their brain to say, yo, it's OK. Like I have a very good friend and, and he's on the podcast I'm, I'm on my podcast. And, and like we, we talk about and this is something you asked about earlier, Brian, about this work is like the other thing that that, that is important. And I don't mean to jump off topic, but is. We're, I think you have to know your audience and, and we have to be careful with some of the language that we use because what, what we can often do is we have to move from the milk to the meat. We have to start with mm -hmm. milk, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you can't give a baby a sirloin or a beautiful $80 full of beautiful steak, right? Yeah. You've got to yeah. start with milk. And so with, so with white and with white and with some, with some black and brown people, you have to start in language that, that they don't that, that that won't trigger them because there's some language right. that just triggers people right yeah, and definitely. so and so we so uh, you know in the work that i do for sure i don't use like at work i don't talk about white white fragility we don't sure. talk about white privilege because yeah. i know immediately that shuts pete that's going to shut a lot of folks down and right. then, uh, then you'll lose them for the whole conversation so right. even so i have a, a, my, my one of my best friends is a white guy and he says to me andre i don't know what it is and i'm gonna be honest with you like when i hear the words white fragility i have a physical reaction mm -hmm. physical reaction like it, it's I, he says I and I and I I recognize it. I know I've got privilege. I know I have, a, but when I hear it, I have a physical reaction to it. And yeah. so I have Andre has to also be loving and understanding and and have grace to say, as I'm working with people that 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 are trying to to be a co-conspirator who want to be an advocate who want to be an ally, I have to work with them in language that they can understand and isn't harmful as well, right? Yeah. And so then we so we start with milk. And then we move to some cereal. Yeah. Then we move to potatoes, and then finally we start hitting that steak, 
right? Right. Um, I, th I think that's a very kind approach. I was, um, yeah. And, and obviously you've, you've learned that it's necessary. I think for, I think for myself, what I, what a life struggle for me has been is when I become aware of any kind of injustice or any kind of, of alienating or marginalizing, but then I'm, I'm being asked to be kind to those who are perpetuating the marginalizing. Mm -hmm. I all of a sudden don't know how to function. I feel, <laughs> I literally feel like my head is just like, like that, that's when I have the physical reaction. reaction. Yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're basically saying you want me to care more about you and how you feel and the way I'm talking to you than these Think people who are injustice. literally being alienated mm -hmm. all the time yeah. by the, the actions you're oppressed. asking me to participate in. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm, I'm losing my skin, because <laughs> just, like, just yeah. like livid. And, yeah. and that's where I, yeah. I still haven't learned how to function. Yeah. And, and, and no, Brian, it's, it's super emotional, right? For me, yeah. it's super emotional because, but, but I view it as this, like, if I can, if I can, if as hard as that is for me to do, if I can do it, and I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional when I say this to you, right? As, if I can do that and make the world better for my, for my grandkids, yeah. for my mm -hmm. children and my, and my grandchildren, mm -hmm. if I can, if I can suffer through it for, for them, then yeah. I'm willing to do that. Right. Like yeah. I'm willing to, to, you know, take the lowest, the lowest position to, to coddle. Mm -hmm. Right. And to, and to, and to baby these, these grownups so that hopefully my children and my grandchildren will not have like when someone talks to my to my grandchildren 20 years from now they won't they won't have the same stories that andre has right yeah i mean it's too late for my kids my, my kids have suffered a ton right yeah. my kids can tell you worse stories like for me it's worse because 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 we all love our kids right we love our kids beyond measure yeah and so so to hear them share stories with us is beyond heart like like that's yeah. what get that's a knife in my heart for me but if i can make the world better for my grandkids and for their children then, then I guess I'll coddle a few old crazy white people <laughs> to get us to the point where society needs to be, so that they don't have to go to go to go through it, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so for me, it's 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 maybe coming from a selfish point of view, mm. but but knowing that I I, I have no <clears throat> I have no, no no other recourse. There is yeah. no other recourse for me. So two two observations. One is you have the muscle to do what you just described. Like you've in your 57 years have learned how to do that. Where I was thinking, Brian, like as you have been enjoying the spot of the dominant culture, like yeah. it's it's really it's really hard to come to and be so disheveled by it, right? Like it's like um I don't know if it's enjoying actually. It's kind of sad, quite honestly. Because then the other observation I have is that this, what you talk about, about being uncomfortable and, you know, I've, I've had that same word in my mind as you were talking to Andre is like babies, like we're babies. You used to talk about milk instead of steak. Right. Um, but this is a spiritual formation journey, just like any other, like, how do we come to terms with our sin and our struggle and our pain and our suffering? Mm -hmm. How do we admit our faults? to God and to each other, how, how do we take any other issue that you are in a sanctification growth process with the Lord in and, and practice the same principles? Like, how do I go? Oh my gosh, I have to confess honestly before, even if it's just between me and God, like this, this struggle that I'm having and I have to accept his forgiveness and I have to accept his, his redeeming work for the next step ahead right it's the same thing with with anti-racist work like how do i go oh this is a true problem that is happening and if i talk to any of my people of color friends i will if i have them i will i will hear if they feel safe enough i will get to hear their stories and then i will be able to talk to god about those things and grow so i think that i don't know i just think that it's such a it feels like such a holy and precious and and mm. and good journey to just to surrender to as yeah. the Lord as the Lord opens the door and as the Lord leads yeah. for each for each person that's listening. 
Yeah. You know, Andy and Brian, I'll tell you, Andy, as you're sharing, I was just thinking for sure for me personally, and this is my, my personal experience. I'm saying this to every person in the public experience, but like, I, I really looked at you and Brian from afar and was so encouraged with church leadership after being so discouraged for a long Mm. time. Right. And so I'll, I'll say that, that my lived experience my lived church experience has not been one that has been super embracing of, of racial equity or inclusion, right? Um, you know, and so the two of you for sure showed me that God for sure, people who love the Lord with all their heart and all their soul, all their mind, can be open to and willing to realize the lived experiences of others, as opposed to me sitting in a pew. You know, I went to a what they what what the church would, would call so it was a very diverse church and by diverse they they meant that they had people from all different nations represented in the seats not mm. in any of the church yep. culture not on the right yeah. and so and so the pastor would say things like he preached one time a sermon I remember about the blush factor and how we don't get embarrassed in society and you know how, how the love of man's heart was waxing cold so he said something like not something like he said and you know this would cause us to blush. But look at Andre. We wouldn't know because of his skin color. Oh, I was like, Burr? did that, did that, Burr? you know, and the church kind of laughed. And so I laughed with the church, you know, ha ha ha, he, he, but I, but I'm just thinking like, seriously. And then he would say things like, you know, you know, the mother was black. The father was white. The kids were half breeds. What? And so I'm sitting next to, so I'm sitting next to, you know, look, if, if you saw a picture of my, oh my children, gosh, right, because, because we're, 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 we're Afro-Latino, right? Yeah. My, my, well, my son is a lot darker than I am, right? My wife's a little darker than I am. Our youngest daughter presents as white with green eyes, right? My older daughter looks like, looks like, presents like me. So was he saying that my kids were half-breeds? Like, I, oh. like, right? So just hearing these what things. What does that even mean? Wrestling. What is that? That I don't is so know. horrifying. I don't. So I'm just so like, sorry. so then, then We're wrestling just, with, oh. with wrestling with him <laughs> and, and church leadership, right? Around these kinds of issues and around like the fact that like the only unsatanic music is the Western culture Christian <laughs> hymnal music and, and just, just oh, a God, myriad, a, like, honestly, I, I, you know, I think there is, if not, if not more, marginalization of people of color in the church and outside of the church like people yeah. will I think that I like people I'll tell you my my, my lived experience is that I would stand up for myself at work at the store at the pharmacy right mm-hmm. when I pick up a prescription and the pharmacist asks is this is this on Medicaid Medicaid because yeah. I because like oh. did I say that <laughs> right so like I so then that so that well I, I would defend myself right yep. but if it happens in the church, church I'm just like praise the Lord hello oh. God is good isn't God so good right oh and goodness. just like you know and so I think there's a there's a you know there's gonna be I feel like like there may have been a reckoning it's people probably just left the building right they really but did I think at, at some point the church is gonna have to reckon with itself Mm-hmm. on on like why are politics in our why why, why are there politics in this building mm-hmm. why why are we treating why are we forcing people to conform to our point of view yeah. in order to 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 for them to be comfortable why are we forcing members mm-hmm. to drive mm-hmm. to church on sunday morning saturday morning whatever time you go to church park your car and leave half of who you are in the car mm-hmm. and yeah. then o- only bring in the part of you that, that that will be accepted by the majority of of, of the congregation like mm-hmm. i think our church is gonna is if they're not they need they have to start wrestling with these things because in a very short order we're, we're gonna have a lot of empty buildings That's or people right. sitting in buildings who who aren't being themselves and, and who are not who aren't who aren't enjoying the the amazingness that mm. it is to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Mm. Totally. These are um, these are real barriers to the gospel yeah. for the next generation. Yeah. yeah. You just you just outlined them. Like yeah. we have church leadership right now has to hear this and take it to the Lord and be willing to change. Yeah. That's yeah. I almost think that's it. Just hear and be willing and then and and seek and let God like open doors. I yeah. I love that. I just you just helped like see a picture of when you say like leave half of your life in your car. No, bring it in, bring it in. Let's make room. Let's make room. Let's make room. I think um, I'm excited about it. 
for the 20 years I got to function as a pastor, there was a lot of conversation about how the church is dying and what do we need to do differently? Mm-hmm. And it was often around strategies and structure and curriculum. And the conversation never came up. Actually, maybe it's the representation. Mm. It's, it's who, who's at the table. And when we look at who's at the table, we see a lot of white guys. Old white and, guys. and until we do, um, until we start as an act of faith in the Revelation 7 vision of heaven that Jesus, that Jesus gives mm. about every tongue and every nation and every tribe uh, being a picture of heaven, mm-hmm. we can, as an act of faith in that vision, we can, we can start doing things now. And, it, yeah and inviting more different kinds of people mm. at the table mm-hmm. uh, men and women of color at the table mm-hmm. and and then see what the strategy is like that's yeah. i think just the first step yeah and do that as an act of faith and listen well and then we'll see what the strategies are then we'll see what the church can look like yeah. and, I and, and i think for, for the thing that i think is that for these leaders if any are listening Instead of being frightened or scared, turn That's to right. wonder. Like turn to wonder mm, and ask I yourself, why am I am I am I am I afraid that I'm gonna lose power and control? Am, am mm. I am I am I afraid that that like someone else's that like someone else's the way they eat, dress, act, whatever, like is that it. is that really gonna cause the Holy Spirit to leave mm. your your president? If did God come to it's like was he reaching out to everyone or only yeah. people that looked and act a certain way right yeah. and so that's right like you know for sure there's gonna be a lot of very surprised people right when when we all get to you know there's a when we all get to heaven what a day right. of rejoicing that will be mm-hmm. there'll be a few people rejoicing there'll be these people like what the are you doing <laughs> now mm-hmm you, you know, they're going to be upset. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I want, that's not, I'm sorry. That can't be Jesus. We're, okay. Ha ha. Very funny. Funny. Hey. Where, like, where, like, where's my Jesus? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mean, where's my white Jesus? Is that right. Right. <laughs> you know, the guy with the beautiful blue eyes and long hair. And he looked like he's a, a hippie from Iowa. Oh my right? gosh. I love it. But, but yeah, I, I, I think that if that leadership needs just to turn, turn, just turn to wonder and just, yes. and just imagine what, how fruitful and how amazing your community would be if your church represented all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and expressions will look different and it'll, Oh, it'll be yeah. so beautiful. It'll be so collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andre, this has been amazing and just so wonderful and rich and gives me so much to think about and pray for really, honestly. Um, as we wrap up, I totally want to hear like anything you have, like that you want to share. Um, but I also want to ask you about your t-shirt because oh, you right. keep going we see the just top part enough. Yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's awesome. Probably, probably serving in the war on injustice. I love it so much. Yes. I was like, yeah. I got to ask you about your t-shirt <laughs> and how I can get one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can, so here's the deal. So you can get this if you go to the EIJ, but there's a website for oh, the, um, yeah. You know, EIJ Brian Brian Stevenson. Uh, is that Equity Initiative? Yeah. Right. Oh, equity, equity Justice Initiative. Yes. Yes. EJI. Yes. Yes. E, yeah. Yeah. EJI. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So they they've got like four or five really really cool T-shirts. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Okay. Um, so there's a, a good plug for them because he's doing amazing work. Yeah. He is. Um, I was like, yeah. I was like, I kept looking at your shirt in the Zoom. I was like, oh, I want to see sorry, that shirt. Sorry, that is, that is. awesome. I love yeah. it. So you know, this is the other thing that's kind of funny that when I'm because we've been working from home remotely for the past two years. Yeah, yeah. When I like, I'll just get up in the morning out and I've got tons of social justice T-shirts, but I also have a dress shirt right next to me (laughs) there in my office so when i uh, uh, put the shirt on button it up you know (laughs) pajama bottoms we know it come on well and and i'm also trying not to not to force steak down someone's throat yeah you can only drink milk right now that's right that's good that's really trying not not to alienate my 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 white um co-worker so so i i think that just my my you know to wrap up i would say this we for sure need lots of co-conspirators, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we need people who are, who, who are willing to risk, you know, it's, it's a risk for, for oftentimes for Andre to speak up at, speak up at work or speak up in different yep. spaces. And so we need people, lots more people like Brian and Annie who are willing to take a risk 
and speak up and speak out on behalf of those who don't have a voice, right? So we need, you know, and, and, and it could be in, in several different forms, right? Um, and so we need, we need allies and, and advocacy is super important. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for those who are, who are believers, or probably most of your listeners are believers, I would say, I would just do some deep interrogation of what your church looks like. Yeah. And, and is it a place that if I showed up with my family, we would be welcomed to be who we really are? Mm-hmm. Or, or would there be an expectation for us to conform into your space so that we don't, so that we would not feel threatening to you? Yes. Right? Okay. Um, I'm writing notes. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that, yeah, it's just, it's, it's about seeing people for who they fully are. Mm-hmm. It's for seeing people as, as fully human and deserving the same respect, the same love, the same um, access, the same Mm-hmm. everything right the same right to live in in like a neighborhood that, that you live in the same access to medical care the same access to banking the same access yes. to to fruits and vegetables right to have, yes. right? To oh. have a have, to have a grocery store Absolutely. in your neighborhood that isn't just selling doritos and chips right, right. Um, yeah it's 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 so much i mean it's there i think there's room for there here's the deal we all have different skills and different talents so mm-hmm. we all can't run a podcast we all can't be yeah. a, a lead a workshop at work. We all right, but we can all do something. Right. And so I think for, for sometimes people become over, overwhelmed because they're like, well, I don't have a voice to speak out for the oppressed. Well, you have something that you can do for, for those who yeah. are marginalized. And so whatever that one thing is, lean into that thing. And as you get comfortable doing that thing, the Lord will, will show you other parts That's that you so can beautiful. also lean, lean in on. You might own a grocery store that you could make a, a new grocery store in another yeah. neighborhood. Where there's a food I, desert, right? That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much, Andre. This has been incredible. Brian, you want to add anything? Uh, man, I'm just glad for the second uh, conversation I've ever been able to have with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. it's uh it's really pretty cool, and you yeah. are just uh, a dynamite guy, and yeah, I love, love being able to just look up to you. Um, totally. I, appreciate your heart for Jesus and for people and for yeah, your family. Yeah. Um, I love seeing all the family pics you post yeah, on Instagram. It's like it's just, it it's fun. really cool. And um, I love how you've partnered with your, I think it's, it's your daughter-in-law that's helped to like basically produce your podcast, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That I guess so she's cool. my producer. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's just amazing. neat to see how you live and it's um, helpful for us. And yeah. And well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks totally. Thanks for sharing with us. My big, sure. my big takeaway is the fear to wonder. Like, how can we mm, gently yeah. go from, like, if you if you notice the spots that you're afraid of this conversation or anti-racist work, like, how can we go from fear to like hmm, curiosity and wonder? Yeah. I love it. Well, and I I actually remember hearing you say this in one of your podcasts too that that tie uh, between safety and comfort. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, just a good space of spiritual formation. Yes. Exactly. I think if we read the Bible, we see that God doesn't tie those two things together. Not at all. And how easy it is in American culture uh, has, has been built around tying those two things together. Yeah. Uh, or I should say white dominant. American culture. Yeah, I was going to say has, dominant culture. <laughs> has been uh, uh, yeah. built around tying those things together. And, yeah. and, and as an act of faith in Jesus to realize I, I can be safe in God, Absolutely. safe in God and be very uncomfortable. Mm. Yes. And that Amen. This, this is a good space to be in. Thanks again so for joining good. us. Thank you. So Thank good you so to much. be together. Thank you for spending yeah. your time with us. Yeah, absolutely. It was a blessing for me. I appreciate you all as well. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up, nice. Do us the great work. And it'll oh, be amazing. If we don't see you here, we'll see you in the kingdom. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah. Right. Be, and, and you'll say, look at those 17 million people are here because we held that car rally. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. That's amazing. That's so awesome. No, I uh, think we're going to, I think we're going to meet you in person someday. That's absolutely. Just, I just have absolutely. a hunch. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bless you, Andre. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.